Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Nerd Party. Oh, Miles here. That's right, Owl Post is freshly delivered here for you. So excited to be here with everyone. I am one of the hosts here, Matthew Rushing, and with me, as she is always, a witch above measure, Drea Kaufman. Hello! I kind of like that it's okay to call somebody a witch. I know. I just you know, like, yeah, you could call me a warlock and I wouldn't be upset about it. You're such you know? a wizard, Matt. Such a wizard. I- <laughs> now you're bringing me back to Star Wars Episode One. Oh, that's so wizard, Annie. Uh, yeah, thanks. No, I love that movie, but that's a completely different subject. Uh, well, thank you so much, everybody, for being here. We're excited to be here, and uh, goodness, uh, we are already on Chapter Eleven here wow. in the Philosopher's Stone, which is super exciting. Uh, but um, Drea, if if somebody wants to like interact with the show or you know talk to the show, where are some places they can find us? You can check us out uh, at thenerdparty.com, or you can visit us on the various social medias on Twitter or Instagram, or you can come to our Facebook group um, for the Nerd Party. You can just search Facebook for the Nerd Party. And come interact with our other shows and with our Owl Post podcast. And uh, you can find Matt and I there too. So, Yes, we would love to have you do that. Uh, if you are looking for us on Twitter, it's at Join Nerd Party. That's, uh, we'd love to talk to you. So yeah, if you have any feedback about the show or things you want to say about the show, uh, it's cool because we post all the shows there all the episodes and it's a great place especially on Facebook just to you know comment under the show what you thought of the chapter or maybe something you're thinking about the show and who knows your comment could appear on one of the episodes yeah you could be famous you could also go to iTunes and leave us a review because that's really helpful and let us know what you think of it as well Um, so that helps us other people find us too so that's always really helpful as well yes yes very much so Uh, we want to thank everybody who's gone and done that already and uh adrea i don't know if you knew this but right now we only have five star reviews so people really apparently think very highly of us go us (laughs) yeah five stars oh i love it so i'm so excited to be here though talking about this chapter because it was very fun The, the chapter itself just has so much going on but I actually just really enjoy that we finally get to see Quidditch for the first time. You know, like what it's going to be like. It's the We've been talking about it the whole book. You know, kids have been mentioning it and everything. And we're finally, I mean, the chapter is just called Quidditch. So um, actually, no Quidditch was played. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a tease. 
Exactly. What if it was just like a whole chapter? You know, like in Moby Dick, there's that whole chapter just about whales. What if this was just like the history of Quidditch? It was with all, actually no game being played. It's all 700 ways to commit the foul. Exactly. <laughs> that was hilarious. Like That cracked me up. That was part of the book. It was awesome. Well, and I like how the referees vanish and turn up months later in the Sahara Desert. <laughs> yeah. Like, what the heck? It was, oh, man, it was fantastic. Well, and, and what's really fun about the chapter is, you know, we just had the harrowing incident at Halloween where Harry, Ron, and Hermione bond over some troll fighting. Uh, and no, that's not a new dance. Uh, it's just, <laughs> it's actual tri- troll fight that they had. Uh, and, you know, this chapter begins with the fact that Harry's thinking to himself, man, I'm really lucky to have Hermione as a friend. <laughs> I know, because how else would I do all my homework? And I like that here, too, she points out, like, you know, she'd become a little bit more relaxed about the rules. Um, and that the example is that she made a little blue flame was how she became relaxed on the rules. That's just so that's just so Hermione breaking the rules as it's not really breaking the rules, but it kind of is breaking the rules. So, yeah, I thought that was really cute. Well, and, uh, you know, as they're like sitting in the courtyard, enjoying the cool weather, Hermione's blue flames, you know, who should come by? But uh limping snape but jerk face who yeah which i mean this guy just a grade a jerk face yeah because he takes quidditch through the ages because apparently library books are not supposed to be taken outside the school even though it's on school grounds i know and i don't remember any point in time that this was acknowledged that it was a library book so he also could have just taken that book like a real jerk which he is. Yeah. I'm. I. The jerk store called. They want their merchandise back. Yeah, they modeled all their others after Snape. <laughs> exactly. Um. It's it's really fun that Hermione is also you know helping the boys with their homework in the yeah. sense that she won't do it for them and she's not going to give them the answers, but she will check it and. In that way, they all get the answers. <laughs> well, and I like how when she puts it in the book, too, it's like in, it's in parentheses and it's like, how will you learn? And I can just hear the voice in my head like, how will you learn? <laughs> like, yes. Such a mom on him on them already. It was That was just really great. It was just like that little touch of she could have left mm-hmm. it out, but it just added that much more to the yeah. personality dynamic. It's it's wonderful. Like I, I like the little touches that she gives in the chapter because it, it makes it a lot of fun and you can really see the the budding relationship between these three friends and in the way that they're going to come together. I, I also found it interesting that you know the movie fast forwards a lot of this. So there's some really nice setup that they give and and that Rowling gives here in the book as Harry's like, "Well, I want my book back." So he goes down to Snape's office like, "I'm I'm not sure that's the best idea." He goes down to the teacher lounge looking yeah. for Snape. Wait, do they do they just like serve bad coffee there, do you think or yeah, like do they I think have it's, good coffee it's in like, that It's like it's like mediocre wizard tea and <laughs> and it's like kind of awkward and they have like a really tiny tv that they watch and it's kind of sad i'm sorry if i just insulted any teachers out there (laughs) 
<laughs> oh man, that is a that's actually a pretty funny thought of what a Hogwarts. I mean, because remember the prefect's bathroom and how elaborate that is. I can only so can you imagine what the actual teachers' lounge looks like? I can only imagine. I imagine it's like a giant multi-purpose room, and it has like everything they could need and. Every teacher has their own little area. and It's like the teacher's room of requirement. Yeah, basically. Yep, that's a good <laughs> way to put it. That's pretty much what I'm imagining. Well, and, and the, the interesting part about this is, is that Harry goes down there and he is he's knocking on the door. Nobody, nobody answers, so he kind of like pushes open. And Snape and Filch are in there talking about this mangled leg of... Snape's, which we really get a sense of that he really got hurt. I mean, it's not just a limp, but Fluffy really took it out of him. Well, uh, and in the book, they actually spell out the fact, like, how are you supposed to keep an eye on all three heads, that what caused the damage is Fluffy, right. where in the movie, it's definitely an illusion, and you never get confirmation that that's where that came from. And, ever, you know, which, which makes you not believe Harry or makes it a little more conspiracy-like mm-hmm. in the movie. Here, they definitely spell out, like, it was from Fluffy, <laughs> who we also get introduced to later in the book, in this chapter. Yes, which is one of the things that I really like about the book is the way that it's continuing to build this mystery. And, you know, of course, after Snape yells at Harry to get out, I don't care you want your book bat, just get out. Uh, you know, he tells Ron and Hermione everything that he's heard. He's like, I bet he's after. And, and, and what makes this better than the movie is you get a better sense of why they would believe it's Snape. Right. Like this, set, I mean, this sets up so much better than the movie why you would believe and why, I mean, she does a great job of pointing you in that direction without really giving you as many hints. I mean, if you're just reading this for the first time, who's really responsible? Right. And I think it's that who is responsible is a little bit more obvious in the movie. The The possible other person in who's responsible is, is made a little more obvious in the movie than it is in the book. Um, my favorite part about that, though, is that, is that he's concerned about losing more points for Gryffindor. Yeah. And so he's not worried about, you know, the fact that he tried to sneak past a three-headed dog. He just doesn't want to lose more points for the house, so he runs away. Yes, yes. Well, and and I do, I love this little uh, aside, but with Hermione and Ron, and she's like, he's like, you really think that all the teachers here are saints or something? <laughs> Ron's like, I'm with Harry. I wouldn't put anything past Snape. And, and it's... It's an interesting thing because you can see the differences in the kids and Hermione does because of how she feels about school and learning. She has this kind of, ah, you know, about the teachers and the boys, you know, they don't have that veneer. She's almost got that complex that people have with their parents where they think they're like amazing and superheroes and they can do and know everything. And it's like Ron and Harry have already pushed through that. And she's just like, no. No, but they're amazing, and and they should know everything. But the the boys already the boys have already moved past that facade. Yeah, no, definitely, and it's it's fun too because you know again what this chapter does is give you that sense of what life is like at Hogwarts, and uh, I enjoyed 
the build up here towards Quidditch. And so after all of that, you know, we're in November now. When the Quidditch season starts, apparently Quidditch season starts when it gets freezing outside because there's nothing like flying around in a broom, you know, and it's really cold. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it just sounds wonderful, doesn't it? Um, hopefully you have like self-heating gloves or, you know, seat warmers on the I'm going brooms. with the adrenaline, I think, keeps them uh, warm. Probably. And I, you know... I, Neither of us here are real sports ball people, right? I mean, neither of us played sports ball, as my guess. No, I not really. Yeah, no. I mean, I played soccer for one season when I was a kid. Yeah, and our team sucked, so I didn't want to play anymore. Yeah, I think I played basketball for like one year, and then yeah, I realized I was not coordinated by any sense of <laughs> of anything. And so, you know, I would play sports with my friends. But it was never like an official thing. And I think she does a really good job here, though, of giving that perspective of the kids before, you know, even if I don't have the experience, I feel like she's doing a good job explaining what it's like to be ready for your first game. And, you know, I, I also enjoyed how Oliver Wood has not let anybody watch their practices, they've been kept secret because Harry is this top secret weapon he doesn't want anybody to know about, even though already everyone knows about it. Yeah, even though everybody already knows about it. Yeah, that was pretty funny. Yeah, then, I mean, and this is the interesting thing about the chapter is then we get into the Quidditch game, and there's not too much to talk about, I don't think, in the Quidditch game because it's, I mean, it plays out much like the movie does. My favorite thing that about the Quidditch chapters is Lee Jordan yes. and his commentary. Yes, I would I 100% agree with you. I love his commentary. It's and it's they translate that very well into the movies too, the the sort of snarky biased commentary that comes out. Um I really really like when he um keeps getting yelled at by Professor McGonagall um for yes. being biased. And that the thing that slides is that he nearly kills the Gryffindor Seeker, which could happen to anyone. Yes. That's (laughs) what passes the moderator. And the Quaffle is taken immediately by Angelina Johnson of Gryffindor. What an excellent chaser that girl is. And rather attractive, too. (laughs) Jordan! You can just, like, it almost almost feels like... do you think she's maybe referencing the chipmunks and Alvin? The way that, yeah, <laughs> Alvin. A little bit, yeah. Every time, that's what you get because it's just an all caps Jordan. <laughs> oh gosh, but uh, I I enjoy the visual imagery that she creates of them flying around on the brooms, and I have to say, you know, I read this one before i saw the movie so i didn't really know what quidditch looked like on film before i saw this but obviously now that i've seen the movie i always kind of picture what we get as a kind of a culmination of all the games that they play uh throughout the film series and uh you know she just she makes it exciting even though you know uh, you wouldn't think this would be exciting. It, it's fun to read, especially since it's the first time that we ever get Quidditch in the series. It is. It's 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 slightly different from the uh, from the movie, just in terms of the the scene with Snape 
them thinking Snape is drinking mm-hmm. the broom is slightly different than it is in the movie. Um, but otherwise, it's pretty spot on and almost exactly what we've already seen. Um, it always, whenever I think about Quidditch, and it came out slightly, it came out a few years after the book was published. So I, I'm curious if they were inspired by the book. Um, but in Final Fantasy X, you play a game that's called Blitzball. And it's basically Quidditch. It's basically soccer in a water arena, but it's similar in that they sort of float all around and you're trying to score goals and trying to block each other and stuff. So it's kind of like, I always thought of that as like Quidditch meets soccer, but underwater. So um, I, I, because I'd played that game before the movie came out, I sort of had an idea of what I thought Quidditch would look like hmm. and it translated pretty well to the movie. Um, but yeah, I also read the book before I saw the movie. So um, I feel like it would be a little difficult if you had never had no context yeah. for it to try to envision what it looked like. And I'm having a hard time recalling how I did that when I read um, the book. But um, yeah, I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, it, it is. What, what's interesting is I remember when I saw the movie thinking to myself, the pitch looks different than I pictured it in my head. You know, the way that they have it shaped and the towers they have set up and everything. Like, all of that was different. But it didn't hurt anything. It was just fun to see, you know, uh, I'm sure that they talked to to Rowling to figure out what her ideas were. And then they just had some creative freedom and created something that looked really fun. To me, the pitch always seemed too small in the films, if I'm honest. It just seemed... If you're playing this game on brooms, this seems pretty confining to be in a space that's just not that big. Because yeah. it really didn't look much bigger than a football pitch, like, you know, soccer-wise. Yeah, it didn't really bother me. I mean, I imagine that's just part of the skill of it, is you get good at that. You get used to being able to hit it through the smaller area. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, but yeah I, I see what you're saying. Like, it is a little small, but I don't know how you would goalie that if it was much bigger yeah you know i that's i'm I'm sure that's probably something that they batted around (laughs) oh i'm sure yeah (laughs) so what i also love is uh dean thomas send him off ref red card this isn't football dean ron reminded him you can't send people off a quidditch what's a red card (laughs) i just love that yeah i love how they how it's one of those (laughs) moments where the muggle world sort of translates over and you're like oh that's right you don't know what's going Mm -hmm. on Right, exactly. You know, that there's rules that, you know, like somebody like Dean, he hasn't sat down and read, you know, Quidditch through the ages, so he doesn't know. Right. And he doesn't know all the 700 and some odd fouls that you can, you know, commit. <laughs> you can commit. Quidditch. Exactly. Uh, and it's funny, reading that, my wife and I love, really like uh, soccer. We love watching uh, football together, and it's it's so much fun. So I, I enjoyed Dean having that issue, like, because that's what I would have probably been yelling if I had been Dean. Send him off with a red card. So, <laughs> um, but it is it is fascinating as we get to the whole point where, you know, Harry's having trouble with his broom and he's doing the same thing. He's in the movie. He's hanging from it. And he can't get back on all this stuff. And they think that it's Snape. And this is one of those areas where I think it's it's wonderful to see how your eyes can st- can deceive you yeah so don't trust them as obi-wan kenobi would say in star wars Uh, and hermione with the knowledge she does have and what she's seeing she's putting two to two together but she's 
putting the wrong two and two together. She has the she has the right conclusion and the right assumption, but the wrong person. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And and I think that's really really fascinating. And I also love that she added in the chapter that Hermione creates these blue flames. So then when Hermione creates these blue flames, it makes sense. It makes more sense. Yeah. Exactly. And it's interesting because in the book, I think they get it. They she lights him on his robes on fire, and then. It just walks so like walks away or like kind of hides away. Whereas in this one, she lights him on fire, distracts him, and then takes the the flames away so that yes, they're not there and they don't cause anybody any harm. They're just meant to like distract Snape, which is different than mm-hmm. the movie, and I think a little bit more Hermione than what happens in the movie. Well, and and what's fascinating too is the way in which you know she knocks Quirrell head first into the row, and it's just kind of like. It, you feel like it's scenery, you know, like yeah. she's setting the scene. And later on, you'll realize, oh, okay, that makes so much more sense. So I really do love that. Yeah, you feel like it's a little super- superfluous. And then later on, you're like, oh, there's a reason for that. It's one of those things where on second read through and knowing uh, mm-hmm. how Rowling writes, you're like, everything has a purpose. <laughs> everything she does is significant, even if you don't think it is. Well, and and that's where we get to the fact that Harry swallows the snitch instead of catching it. Yeah. And who would have ever thought that would be important later? I'm not going to tell you how it's important, people, if you've never read the book, but it's going to be a thing. It's kind of a big thing. It's it's kind of a big deal. <laughs> it's have kind of a big seen, deal. <laughs> have you ever seen Disney's Hercules? Yes. When the fates are like, indoor plumbing, it's going to be big. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good I movie. That's think such of a that. good movie. Oh, it is so good, man! I um, have to watch that tonight. Yeah. Anyway, so I like when they're done that they all go back to Hagrid's hut and they start telling Hagrid all about like yes. this conspiracy they've come up with. And I love that Hagrid is like their adult confidant, if you will. He's mm-hmm. like, I have to tell someone so that in case something's wrong, I can I can report it. But I don't know who yes. else to tell besides Hagrid. <laughs> no, and what's fun about it too is that we get the scene where Hagrid keeps giving away too much information because he gives away the name of the dog he gives away Nicholas Flamel and and you just you can see him getting more and more flustered with himself like and and the chapter ends with her saying Hagrid looked furious with himself (laughs) well I like that he's just like that's between Professor Dumbledore and Nicholas Flamel and he's like aha I tricked you I yeah, think it's just exactly. it's just so cute. You, you can just imagine if if this wasn't a kid's book that Hagrid is actually saying to himself, "Son of a, you know, like he keeps giving away things." Son <laughs> like of all a biscuit. The things. <laughs> oh man, it's phenomenal. He's like and Mother Dragon. <laughs> exactly. Mother Francis. Uh what's so fun about this though is the you know she is continuing to build the mystery of what's going on at Hogwarts and everything. She's putting on the building blocks for everyone. She's she's giving you more and more things. But she does it in such a humorous way in this chapter, you know, uh, whether it's Harry going down to get his Quidditch book and getting yelled at by Snape, you know, or uh, Fluffy giving up the information that Hagrid giving up the information that he shouldn't. It's presented in a way that is much more humorous than you might think, because this is a serious thing that we're going to get to at the end of the story. But here it's just it's so comical 
It's a three-headed dog. How can it not be comical? Like, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I guess, I guess the three-headed dog didn't bother me, and part of that was Greek mythology and Cerebrus. So it's just just such a. I I don't think of it as a bad ridiculous element. I just think of it as a magically ridiculous element. Like it's just that thing that is so different. Everything in the book is pretty well routed and something we can relate to. And then there's a three-headed dog. (laughs) It's just, it's, I don't, I don't think it's a bad thing that it's ridiculous. I like that it's ridiculous. It takes it to that like unbelievable next step. Um, Yes. But I think that adds to the sort of humorous, satirical factors we get from the whole situation and makes it a little, you can't take yourself too seriously because that dog has three heads. (laughs) So. Well, and this is the thing that I also really like is Rowling and and I have just recently read a book called Harry Potter's Bookshelf talking about a lot of the different influences. And obviously one of her influences is Greek mythology. And I really enjoy that she's added so many classical elements to her stories that if somebody then goes to read something about Greek mythology or something else like that, they're going to be more familiar than they thought when they get to it, they're like, wait a minute, I've seen a three-headed dog before. J.K. Rowling just stole that. You know, like, <laughs> but I, I, I think it makes for a really fun way to help kind of build kids uh, and get them into more classical literature by allowing them to see that the things that they already love have used that before. I think that's really neat. I think that's a really good, I think that's a really good point that it, it gives you a nice little gateway to introduce kids into something more serious. Can you be like, you remember the three-headed dog in Harry Potter? Well, look, it's here too. Harry Potter is a gateway drug. (laughs) Gateway drug to more (laughs) literature. More literature. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. But I I have to say, this is a really fun chapter, and I love what it does for the series of kind of continuing the story. And, And this is one of the places I think, and this is the place that I think the story takes a turn, like, because the, the next chapter that we're going to get, we just do, like, a deep dive to the end of the, the book. Like, everything now is just going to continue to ramp up and to build, and I am very excited to talk about The Mirror of Erised with you next week. And so, Drea, before we go, we've got to let everybody know where they can find you online so they can talk some more Harry Potter with you. Yeah, you can find me at uh, on Twitter at PCF Chick, um, just like someone did today, where they said the trio should form a so should solve mysteries, which I thought was a great suggestion, and I would totally watch or read that. Um, or you can find me on Instagram at Drea Kaufman, and it's C-O-F-F-M-A-N. Um, and I'm usually chatting with Matthew, and you can find him also on Twitter. <laughs> yes, you can. You can find me on Twitter at MattRushing02. I really like that idea. Maybe we could have uh, the broomstick kids or the broomstick Ooh, children I instead like of the boxcar children. Oh, I really uh, like it. I was trying yeah, to think of a name go. all day. Ah. Uh, well, it just came to me. Uh, so uh, I also can be found on Instagram at mrushing. You can find me on the Trek FM network. I am doing The Orb with Chris Jones, where we talk about Star Trek Deep Space Nine. 
I also do the 602 Club, which is the general geek show on the network. And it's a lot of fun because we get to talk about all the fandoms we love, not just one. So, you know, Star Wars, Harry Potter, Bond, Marvel, DC, old movies, new movies. I mean, we're covering as much as we can. So I hope you will check that out. So you can find all of that on iTunes. And then here on the network, I am joined by the one and only John Mills as we talk about Star Wars and aggressive negotiations. That show's a blast. If you love Star Wars, it's it's the show for you. So make sure that you check it out. Well, thank you all for checking your owl post today. Mischief managed. Join the revolution. Join the nerd party. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.